Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, August 17th, day after game edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Here's what's coming up on the episode. We're going to hear from Flyers defenseman getting into the game yesterday. Robert Haig will join Flyers Daily. We'll talk to him about getting into the lineup, what his role on the team was, and how he felt as the Flyers got a 1-0 win over the Montreal Canadiens in game number three of this best-of-seven first round. Also going to join us, former Flyer defenseman Chris Terrian to get his thoughts on the win as well. Flyers still in a situation where they have not played their best game, but if you're looking for good news, the fact that they have not played their best game against the Montreal Canadiens and won, and they're up two games to one in the series, is a good thing. Now they need to find their best game. They need to find their best level of play. They haven't done that yet. They haven't been consistent in-game enough yet, but they're going to strive for that coming up on Tuesday. Obviously, a lot of questions about the power play. We'll get to that in Twitter questions coming up in this episode as well. But a quick look at the storyline in game number three. Just one goal in the hockey game. It came early, too. 521 into the game. The Flyers got a goal from Jake Voracek, his second of the playoffs. Uh, Claude Giroux and Robert Haig pick up the assist. And who knew at the time that would be the game winner for the Flyers. They did a much better job in this game defending, obviously, than in game two. While neither team was going up and down the ice with offensive chances, only the shots in the game, 23-20 in favor of Montreal. Uh, Both teams were much more structured defensively, even with the, the 23 shots for Montreal and the 20 for the Flyers. Not a ton of high danger chances in there, although Carter Hart, uh, did have to make a couple of huge saves off a couple of turnovers from Scott Lawton, uh, both in the second period, one on Brendan Gallagher. That's not a guy you want to turn the puck over. And the other uh, with uh, Jonathan Drouin, another guy you don't want to turn the puck over to. But uh, I think Scott Lawton's going to owe Carter Hart probably a dinner or two for bailing him out in both of those situations and preserving the one nothing win. Carter Hart gets his first NHL postseason shutout uh, just a couple days after his 22nd birthday. And the irony is that he got his first NHL postseason shutout on his idol's birthday, his 33rd, for Carey Price. Price was good in the game. Uh, Hart was great in the game. Flyers come away with a win, but they still need to cure what ills them right now. And that is their power play. That is getting the big names on the roster going. Although Voracek did have a goal, that top line did assist on it with Giroux. Uh, They still need to create more pressure, more offensive opportunity uh, going forward in this series. They have an opportunity now on Tuesday to take a three-games-to-one lead in this series against Montreal. And the fact that they haven't played their best game, if they can put their best game on the ice coming up on Tuesday, they know they can take a stranglehold in this series. If they don't, Montreal's a team that's not going to go away. They're going to push back. They're flying up and down the ice. they got a lot of young guys that are playing big roles for them. Yes, Barry Kakaniemi and Nick Suzuki and other good players like Brendan Gallagher, Sherratt, obviously Shea Weber and the guy they have in net and Carey Price. So they're not going to hand it to you, but... You got an opportunity with a good effort and a good performance on Tuesday to grab this series three games to one. uh, Yeah, try to commit to that as much as I can. Just chip in, chip out, go hit guys and uh, keep the puck out of the net. And we did pretty good today, so. Uh, I, I love that because that's the simplicity of it in, in, on a broad level. Um, when, when you go into the game and you talk to your coaches before, and, and I'm assuming one of the things that they wanted you to, 
to accomplish in the game was to to bring that physicality, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that's that's my game, so I have to bring it every single night, and uh, I tried to bring as much as I could tonight, and I think we did a great job as a whole team. I think everybody was on their toes right from the get go, and yeah, we sneaked out a big win there. Um, and, and dealing with Montreal, and you played against them this regular season, they're a far different team now. Some of their young guys have really stepped up, and maybe the break did some of those players good. Um, but a team that likes to skate like that, how do you want to defend? It was, they, they like to just fly up and down the ice with their hair on fire. How do you guys want to kind of clog yeah. them? Because I noticed you guys stepping up the blue line and, and denying them your blue line a lot. Yeah, I mean, we know they have a lot of skill in their lineup, so we want to try to slow them down as much as we can and they keep them on the outside. And I think we, we did a pretty good job of that tonight, but uh, there was a few times we can be better. And uh, thankfully we had Hart in that tonight, who was unbelievable. So uh, there's a lot of positive and there's a lot of things we need to get better at. But um, yeah, we take this win and we look forward to the next one. You got an opportunity coming up on Tuesday in game four, and you can actually look ahead to that now. Um, maybe you guys haven't played a complete game yet. You haven't played your best game as, as a team in total. Um, knowing that, that you have a two games to one lead in the series and you haven't played your best game. What, what is the mentality behind that? Is it, You have a major opportunity on Tuesday to grab this series three games to one. Um, is it as simple as everybody's got to, you know, pull the, pull the rope in the same direction and, and, and bring their A game? Because if we do that, they can't beat us. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Montreal is good. They're making a lot of good plays out there, and we have to be, we have to bring our A game every single night. And tonight we, we found a way to win. I think there is a lot of positive in this game. So we have to bring to the next game. And as I said, like there's still a few things we can do better, but um, yeah, we have to bring the A game every single night to be able to beat these guys. So I, I'm sure we're gonna bring the A game for the next game too. Hager, 1-1 series, game three, so important to get that win and tilt it in your favor. Now it's a one-goal game as well. Are you guys – I know you're playing the game, so you have some control. Fans don't. Um, but my sense in just kind of – in watching the game and seeing social media, it was nerve-wracking with a one, the slimmest of margins of one nothing game. What is that like for you guys as that's happening? Yeah, I mean, of course it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but at the same time you can't think about – think about it too much you just have to go out there and play the game the right way and I think we did that uh, the third period I think we had it pretty much under control the whole time and of course we know we're going to get a chance but uh, for the most part I think we did a pretty good job and that's I mean this this is the games you want to play so much on the line and uh, yeah you're going to be looking forward for this the whole season and now we're here so you just have to make the best of it Rob, uh, I know one of your best friends is Oscar Lindblom, um, and he came over uh, a couple, about uh, nine days ago. He, he, excuse me, he did his quarantine. Uh, I know they put a bike in his room as well, but he came out of quarantine uh, on Saturday, and he had a chance to get on the ice with you guys on, on, on game day and have the pregame skate, and you guys celebrated him at center ice when he led the, the, the post-practice stretches. What does it mean to have first your friend – uh, Oscar there and your teammate Oscar there with you guys it's amazing um, as I said he came in there a little bit more than a week ago and he had to quarantine and sit by, by himself in a room for seven days so 
I tried to talk with him over the phone, but uh, I think he's he's really happy to be out now and see all the guys, and I'm really happy that he's here, that he decided to come over and uh, join us here. And, uh, I mean, it's it's awesome to have him here. Uh, for me personally, as you said, it's a close friend of mine, so it's, uh, it's really fun. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun here in the bubble with him, and he's bringing a lot of positive energy for the whole team, and for me as well. So uh, only good things to say about him. Yeah, man. Well, he, he's such a good guy. And as you are, I know you guys are tight. So I'm really glad he's there uh, with you, with the team uh, and providing inspiration. And who knows, maybe he gets into the lineup at some point as well. Uh, he's certainly yeah, a great, great player. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, hey, Haggart, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, congrats on the win. Best of luck coming up on Tuesday. It's the playoffs, man. I remember when we talked a while back, uh, you just wanted the opportunity to play in these games uh, for you guys to come back and play and get this opportunity to chase the cup. Now you're in it. Best of luck and thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. And thanks to Robert Haig for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We go from a current defenseman to a former defenseman. Here's my conversation with Chris Terrian. Joining us once again to break down game three of Flyers 1-0 victory over the Montreal Canadiens is former Flyer defenseman Chris Terrian. Bundy, what's going on? Hey, Jace, how you doing? Nice. Uh, we'll take that 2-1, or excuse me, one nothing win tonight. Very similar to game one, wasn't it, in a lot of ways? Yeah, I can't unsee um, the Flyers' power play, though. <laughs> I'm having a hard you know time what? here. It, it, yeah, I mean, there was that their seventh? That was their seventh game in the bubble. And, uh, you know, it, it probably sounds better saying they're one for 25, but you could also say it's 4%. Because that's what it is. Their power wow. play is operating at four percent. And I, you know what? I can't really listen. I mean, it, it happens sometimes. Um, the good thing is they have a two-one lead in the series, so you have another off day to try to regroup it. But to me, it just looks like they're trying too much stuff from the half boards instead of just getting the puck to the point and pumping that thing into the crease area into the net on, on price. That should always be an option for you. And for whatever reason, I, I just think, Jace, it, it it's counter to what their five on five is they're just trying to be too cute and make plays that aren't there yeah it's a great point and you're on kind of shoddy ice and and very fatigued ice you got to just simplify um Bundy how much of it is that they don't have a lot of practice time too and you can't work on it well I mean that's a part of it but I don't want to make excuses because there are some power plays that are going good and, mm. and these guys quite frankly I mean they have the personnel right like I mean these, they have they have really good players in their power play they get guys that have been on a long time that have built chemistry so uh, again I, I just think that the game that they scored on them a Provorov took that shot I believe Borchek got credit but it was still a Provorov point shot they just have to get back to that I mean I just it's a bread and butter type of play um, it sends the right message to the other team that, listen, we're not going to, you know, dink around with this puck the whole time. We're going to get this puck and we're going to make high percentage plays. And they're not doing that right now. And so to me, and I think AV is a pretty, pretty basic guy at the end of the day. Most good coaches are, you know, they break it down into simple X's and O's and, and, and uh, what you're doing at a high level of compete, uh, even on a power play. And I think that they're going to get into it and say, hey, let's get back to keeping things simple and doing things the right way. Bundy, they haven't played a complete game in this series. They got the win in game one and uh, dominated the first, got dominated in the second, and then uh, played good team defense in the third and got a 2-1 win. And obviously we know what happened in game two, losing 5 to nothing. And then they get a one nothing win. And they haven't played a complete game, and they haven't played an A game, B game maybe even as well. 
Um, the fact that you're up, as, tell me as a player, the fact that you know you haven't played an A game or even a B game or a complete game, and you're up two games to one, what does that do to a player's mentality? Well, you, your team in general will feel confident. But I think the one thing that can happen, too, and sometimes with a younger team, and I, I, there's a lot of guys here, there are younger players, you can, have, you can get a sense sometimes of overconfidence or misleading uh, yourself to think, and maybe you're doing things that are, are better than they actually are. Uh, you are right. They have not played since the round-robin games, uh, at least the result and the way that they were dominating teams at times in that round-robin, really good teams. Uh, we haven't seen that. But we're also seeing a team in Montreal that went through a playoff series against Pittsburgh. Uh, nobody is giving them a chance to do anything. They're the last seed in the East, and they're just playing hockey. Uh, so I think the Flyers have to account for that, and I think that they have to also understand that they probably should be up 2-1, to one, but they could probably also say that they may be lucky they're up 2-1. to one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bundy, what did you think of uh, Robert Hague in the game? He comes in for Shane Goss to spare. Um, to me, I, his physicality, I thought, played a role in this game. I, I thought it was important, and I thought that uh, Justin Braun played uh, better as a result of being paired with Robert Higgs. I just think they work better together. What was your impression of his game? I thought Haig had a couple nice little hits early in the game that got him going. I thought he stood up at the blue line. I don't know if they were worried about uh, Robert Haig's pace against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, as long as you're getting up the ice as a defensive guy and you've got a good gap, do an effective job getting pucks out. You know, I like when I, I look at guys like Hag and Braun in a game like that tonight. I wasn't, I didn't really notice them, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so believe me, as a defensive guy, if you're not really saying, "Oh my God, that guy has made a, a rough play with the puck," or something, I had none of that tonight from those guys, and that tells me that they played a very, very good hockey game. Uh, Bundy, um, the, the the performance you get out of Hart bouncing back after getting pulled. Um, you know, he's, yeah. he's young. He just turned 22. Um, I think it's almost even unfair that we keep bringing up that he's so young because he's so mature uh, as a professional and he's so professional in the way he attacks his craft. Uh, but coming at, you know, getting pulled in that game with a minute 57 left in the second period, then coming into this game. And while there wasn't a high volume of shots, as you mentioned before, Montreal had some good scoring chances and there's no margin for error. Your team does not have it going offensively. How impressed were you, were you with Carter's performance? Oh, unbelievable. And you know what? I didn't I, I didn't feel he was as much a storyline early in the game, even though Lawton had, uh, you know, a couple of those turnovers and Montreal had some chances. I really thought, though, the second half when, you know, your team realizes that, hey, we really are just hanging on to a one-goal lead here. And Montreal continues to push the pace. They continue to push offensively. You're thinking to yourself, man, we need another goal. But if we don't, you're thinking to yourself, we're going to have our goalie stand on our head. Because Montreal, for sure, was going to get a couple more chances than they did especially late in that third period, which you don't want to give the kind of opportunities that Montreal had. Hart was unbelievable. It seems to me like the harder the saves are as the game goes on, the more comfortable he feels with himself in, in facing those tougher situations as the game goes on. Well, Bundy, big uh, game four and an opportunity to bring your A game and also take a three games to one lead in the series, especially with back-to-back -back games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a very, very tough task. You know, Flyers are going to want to try to 
to put them away in those in that uh, Tuesday Wednesday set. That shouldn't be the attitude. They should just be worried about that first game. Uh, Vegas got caught in a similar situation with Chicago. It looked like they played yesterday. They won a tight game, and then the Blackhawks come back out the next night and they end up winning uh, today. So the three one in the series. Vegas will probably still win that series, but again, it's just very very hard to beat the same team twice in consecutive days. Yeah. So. Their focus for the Flyers, and I'm not saying that they won't. They very well, very well uh, may do so. Uh, I'm just saying, though, your focus is entirely on Tuesday. There's not, you don't even consider Wednesday until you uh, you get through Tuesday with the right approach and uh, preparation for that game. No doubt. Hey, Bundy, thanks for doing this. Jace, anytime, buddy. Good seeing you. We'll catch up this week. Thanks to Chris Tarian and Robert Haig for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Let's get to some Twitter questions. And we start with Isaiah from the OMB Puckcast. He says, is it time to try Sanheim on the power play? Other than his slash out, Sanheim is superior skill-wise to Provorov and would seem to be an heir apparent. Has much more creativity, vision, and passing acumen. Um, I don't know if I agree with all of the things you said there, but let's just go with, is it time to try Sanheim on the power play? It might be. It might be it's time to do something different because the team is not having success on the man advantage. And it's not that they're not having success. It's a lot of times the, the zone entries are an issue getting set up. They did have some good looks in the game, but not nearly enough for the, the, the amount of talent that you're putting on the ice. And it's hard because and there's, there's a ton of questions that came in, obviously, about the power play is you don't have a lot of time to practice this kind of stuff. Um, you have one day off, a total day off, every seven days inside the bubble. That's part of the return to play protocol. And other than that, you're always the day after a game or a day before a game. And this week, the Flyers have back-to-back games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so you don't have the, the normal practice time that you would get during a regular season to practice the power play. But we'll see what they change, see if it's maybe just a philosophical or strategic change or if they go with a change in the personnel on the number one power play unit. Jay Farringer on Twitter tweets in and says, thought on shooting directly in on price here and there on dump-ins. He seems to be cheating out of his net on dump-ins to get a head start on knocking them down. Might be able to catch him leaning, maybe keep him honest at least. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really noticed that he is really jumping it. If you see that, then yeah, bomb one on the net and keep him honest. But he's so good at tracking pucks out of the glass. He's so good at stopping the puck behind the net. I think what they need to do is they need to stop their dump-ins that get to price. You either got a cross-quarter dump or soft dumps in the corner. Um, Don't let it go into the trapezoid as much as possible um, for him to start that breakout for the Montreal defense. Uh, Hockey is life at 1965CJW on Twitter. He said, in your opinion, what's the main reason for the win tonight compared to Friday's debacle? Effort, system adjustments, personnel changes, it certainly wasn't the power play. Um, I think, number one, it was effort. I think the effort in the game, despite the fact that they only scored one goal and didn't generate a ton of scoring chances, I think the effort was there. I think that's why they went to the aforementioned ineffective power play so many times because the Canadians were kind of running around a bit because they were rolling four lines with a lot of effort. Um, I thought there was some system adjustments as well. I thought they did a good job cleaning up the neutral zone a little bit, clogging the neutral zone a bit, and defending their blue line. If you noticed in the game, uh, Montreal went offsides or was offsides and it wasn't called several times in the game. I thought they did a good job of standing them up at the blue line. Scott says, do you think the Flyers' physical play slowed the Habs down overall? It did. It absolutely did. Um, Kind of what I was just talking about before, clogging the neutral zone a little bit, 
doing a better job standing them up at the blue line, not letting them obtain your zone as a five-man unit moving up the ice with extreme speed. Drew Moff tweets and he says, did you like Haig's play? Loved his physical play and made Braun more confident and collected in his play. Totally agree. Um, both of them I thought were good in the game. Uh, they also did a really good job killing penalties and blocking shots. So absolutely, I did. I loved that. I, I liked the insertion in the lineup. I thought it was apropos and I thought he did a good job. Tim Riley tweets in and said, it seemed to me that one of the keys to the win was improved play in the neutral zone, especially during the third period. Fries really started... Flyers really stymied Montreal's attack, but why can't the Flyers team generate any offense when they force turnovers in the neutral zone? That's a good question, and part of that is that their top players in transition have to generate better scoring opportunities. Montreal's done a good job with back pressure. You notice the Flyers, when they do obtain the zone, a lot of times they curl and they're looking for that late man. Well, that late man's not there a lot, and Montreal's doing a good job of really kind of taking that option away and then there's not another option so they have to figure something out uh captain duck eight tweets in and says are the power play struggles more coaching strategy or player execution the strategy is kind of what it was when they were at the pause and it was working they were in the top half of uh, power ranked power plays in the nhl um but that being said it's not working now so the coaching strategy probably needs to change and the execution needs to change as well they need to simplify it. Let's face it, the ice is not great. And the cross-ice passes, cross-seam passes aren't working. And a lot of times, if the puck does make it through a cross-ice pass, um, it's it's rolling and you can't get a good stick on it. So they have to figure that out. They have to find a way to simplify it and get bodies to the net. Misty tweets in. She said, why would uh, the Flyers take out Farabee out of the lineup and not JVR or TK? And why was Grant on the last power play? If you want energy, why not Raffle? He had an excellent game back. Yeah, it was good to see Michael Raffle back. Grant was on the power play because nothing was working. And maybe they just didn't want to put Raffle in that position. As far as taking Farabee out, and you heard, I've talked about this on the last two episodes, that I thought there was a chance that he would not be in this game three, that if one of the forwards was coming out, and that was pending Konechny's health, that Farabee could be an option. Because I saw the usage of Farabee in the last game, and he's really gotten kind of physically manhandled on a number of occasions in this series, and I think it's got him playing a little reticent. Um, that's what I noticed in his game. I thought it was proper to take Farabee out, um, let him have a, have a blow, regather himself. He'll get back into the lineup, but let him regather himself, whether he goes in coming up on uh, game, number, game number four on Tuesday. I'm not sure, uh, but I thought that that was absolutely an option based on usage and and the situations and, and the play of Farabee. Um, as far as not taking out JVR or TK, I don't understand why you would even consider taking Konechny out. I know he hasn't scored, but he's a game-breaker for you, and he's not going to find his offensive game uh, being scratched. He was healthy. They put him into the roster I th- on the roster for the game. I thought he looked good. Uh, Philly Sports fan tweets, and he says, what can the team do to get more out of the bottom six centers? Uh, I'm not worried about the bottom six centers. I'm worried about the top six um, forwards. I need them to be contributing more. Now, Voracek got the goal in the game. The top line did. Giroux had an assist on it. Uh, but we still need more from the top two lines of offensive players. They need to be leading the way. And one goal, while it was good, and it was good enough on this situation to get a win, it's not going to be good enough night in and night out. Phillies fan 88 tweets, and he said, what happened to Lawton? Yeah, Scott Lawton had two bad giveaways in the game. He'd be the first to tell you. 
Um, the one was a backhand that he just didn't get anything on, kind of slid on his stick, and he threw a pizza right up the middle to Brendan Gallagher, who had a great scoring chance. Hart bailed him out. He did another one where he went to the backhand again, and he flubbed it kind of to Jonathan Drouin and went in all alone on Hart, and Hart made a nice uh, pad save, flashing out that right pad. Some poor decision-making by Scott Lawton and poor execution. It's not something I'm expecting to see going forward. He's usually a very responsible player. He just had two gaffes in that game. The good news is is that your goalie bailed you out, and sometimes that needs to happen. And on this occasion, it didn't. It preserved a win. All right, last question from Tyler Thurlow. He says, what about their play gives you confidence moving forward in the series? Well, first, I'll just take Carter Hart out of the equation because he was really good in game one. He was really good in game three and getting a shutout. Uh, but what gives me confidence? It's not about what I see in their play that gives me confidence moving forward. It's this. It's that they haven't played a complete game or their best game. They haven't played their A game. I don't think that they've played their B game. Uh, Maybe C game or C minus game. And the fact that they haven't played their A or B game and they have a two games to one lead in the series, to me that it's almost amazing. But it also speaks to the fact that you've gotten good goaltending. And while they haven't played their A or B game offensively, they have played some really good defense at key points in this series. Go back to game one in that third period. Montreal had a lot of zone time, a lot of puck possession in that third period. Flyers held them to six shots, and they were almost all to the outside. No high danger chances. Game two, that was a debacle. In game three, they had to hold on to a one-goal lead and did a good job of limiting high danger chances, did a great job blocking shots. They had 24 blocks in the game. They had active sticks. There are elements of their game that is good. It's not the sexy things like goal scoring, but it is uh, areas of their game that have been good. Um, they need to be better offensively. That's where they need to be better. And when they click that in with the defense that they played in game one and game three, then you have their A or B game. But the fact that they're up two games to one, with all of that being said, that's a good thing. So that should give you confidence moving forward that A, they're going to find their top level, and B, that when they do, they're not going to be able to be beaten by the Montreal Canadiens. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, which is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and follow them on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Another game day edition of Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, everybody, enjoy the win. Don't worry about the things that didn't happen. Worry about what did happen. And that was a 1-0 win and a two-games-to-one lead in the best-of-seven series against the Montreal Canadiens. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Flyers Daily. Baby, baby.